Welcome to Forward with Faith podcast. This episode was really fun for me to record because I got the chance to catch up with my friends Neiman and Rachel Davis. Neiman and Rachel I met this past year when I lived in Nashville, and everything that I saw in their relationship was really centered and anchored in the Lord. Unconditional love, sacrifice, patience, everything that the Lord calls us to be in a romantic relationship. So when the Lord told me to make this episode about relationships, I knew Neiman and Rachel would be the perfect fit. They would be the first to tell you, though, that their journey has not always been perfect. They've had to lean on the Lord more times than they can count for the things that they cannot do in their own strength. We view love from movies and romance novels, and we forget the most important ingredient is the Lord and keeping him at the center of it all. They shared so much wisdom, and I learned so much from them. They're amazing. No matter where you are in your journey, whether you were single like me or whether you've been married for 25 years, they have something for you. So I'm here with Neiman and Rachel Davis. Welcome. What is up? Thank you. Thank you for having us. Of course. Thank you for coming on the show. So Neiman and Rachel have been married over three years, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And they are going to talk to us today about viewing relationships through a godly lens. And so go ahead and tell me about your story and how you all met and get the listeners to know you a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So Neiman and I attended Lee University for college, and that is where we met. We were both a part of a choir at Lee called the Lee Singers, (laughs) and he played drums in the choir. He's a drummer for a living, and I sang in the choir. And so I'm actually two years older than Neiman. And uh, whenever he joined the choir, I was dating somebody else at the time, but I can remember nudging the girl next to me in choir and telling her, oh, he's really cute. You should date him, Um, which was funny because, yeah, I was in another relationship. But um, the following year, we started to get to know each other. I um, ended up ending ending things with the relationship I was in. And Neiman sort of has a funny story of... It's yeah. it's a little embarrassing, but why don't you tell? Let me pick it up. Just tell here. where, yeah, you yeah. fell in love with me. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it it is an interesting story. We um, went on a spring tour, uh, and you know, during that spring tour, I was kind of seeing someone at the time, someone else, and uh, kind of got my heart broken a little bit. You know, like a good, nothing like a good college heartbreak. And uh, in a heart by heartbreak, we had somewhat dated for two weeks. So I was a very emotional man, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, so on this tour, you know, it happened on the road, which ha- do, breakups on the road are just no fun. Well, insert Rachel Davis, or well, at the time, Rachel Johnson. <laughs> and we had started talking, you know, she was older. She's a couple years older than me. So there's there's a little bit of an intimidation factor with an older woman. And you know what? I'm here for it, you know? And I was like, you know, she's cool. Let's just, you know, talk. And one night I was just kind of, um, I'll never forget, we were in a hotel lobby. A bunch of people were standing around, mind you. And uh, I'm just kind of going on like, yeah, golly, I just wish this, you know, would work out or whatever. And, but she's just mean to me and yada, yada. And Rachel comes over to me and had been listening to me. And she said, Neiman, you need to pick up your balls 
and start walking <laughs> and keep moving forward. Sorry. No lie. Yes, sorry if we did a censor. But um, <laughs> she, um, it, it really just like, oh my gosh, marry me. Because like the, that assertiveness to just come to me and tell me that with just the most grace about her. Yeah, I was just kind of in love from there on. And we ended up like we were inseparable from that point on the way home. Uh, we sat on like it was like an eight hour bus ride and just sat next to each other. And from there, we just started yeah. a really great friendship. But none of my none of my friends really took it seriously for a while because he was, you know, in college, it is yeah. like, oh, he's a freshman, sophomore and you're a senior. Like, that's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Um, but, uh, we stuck it out and I ended up graduating and he was still at Lee at the time. And then there's sort of a, a couple of years go by, which are very formative years for Neiman, uh, which may be another conversation where he <laughs> can share more of his testimony. But, um, yeah, he ended up moving to Nashville and yeah. I was in Chattanooga and he walked through a lot of stuff, um, that I was just kind of navigating from a distance, but I always felt like peace that he was the one even there were a couple times where I even thought like oh my goodness we just need to break up but I just never there was just something in my spirit that I know now was Holy Spirit of just like no just keep showing him grace and keep forgiving and and let me just insert this too babe it Mm -hmm. was there were situations that rightfully so should have ended our relationship yeah for sure Um, and you know I think like you started out this conversation of talking about a relationship through a godly lens. Um, you can't be afraid of walking through some seasons that um, you have to continue looking up and you yourself have to say, God, where are you in this? <laughs> you know? Sure. Well, I think a lot of people see the movies and hear the <laughs> stories and, and they don't realize that like it's never going to be perfect. No. There are going to be hard seasons. Yeah. Like there are growth periods that you have to go through. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And we we dated for three years, and uh, Neiman during that time had started his career as yeah. a full time touring drummer in Nashville. Yeah. He was touring with an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, so fun story of how we, uh, how Neiman proposed to me was so cool, especially if anybody lives in Nashville will probably appreciate this, but he had a show one night, uh, he he was playing with an artist at the time and they were playing at the Grand Ole Opry here in Nashville. So I come to the show with him and, um, during the intermission, the curtains closed on stage and he's like, Hey babe, we should go, we should go out on the stage. Like we can take a picture together. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, that would be, that'd be great. Like what a great Instagrammable (laughs) moment. And we get out there, we're posing for a picture. And then he starts turning to me and I'm like, what are you doing? Look at the camera. And then he gets down on one knee on, they call it the Holy Circle on the Grand Ole Opry <laughs> stage, just because it's a famous spot where everybody sings. And he proposed to me on the stage of the Opry, and I literally had no clue. People were like, didn't you expect that? You know, no, he no, was... I did it good. He did good. <laughs> did he was good. very chill. Like, like he wasn't secret. acting nervous or Freaking weird. out on the inside. Yeah. But, you know, outwardly. And and it was killing. sweet. His His parents were at the show. They live here, so they got to be a part of it. And yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. When did you all get married? We got married June 3rd, 2017. So it's been a little over three years now. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
Lots happened in three years. Lots happened. Yeah. All right. So tell me a little bit about your career interests. So like, what do you all do and how do you support each other and how do you make it work with, especially with Neiman traveling and I know you do PR and. Yeah. I mean, honestly, (laughs) to be in my line of work, in the line of work that I'm in, it's, um, it has to be a lot of love, a lot of trust Mm -hmm. and, um, so how we make it work, that's a, that's a loaded question for me because how you make something like this work when I'm traveling, usually not in <laughs> the quarantine yeah. season. Yes. Not in a COVID um, world. You're normally gone yeah, on the road just about every weekend. Yeah. 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 And, you know, when, you, when you're on the road, um, it's like I'm gone from rage for three, four days at a time. Sometimes there's two week runs, Mm -hmm. you know? And so how we do that is, um, simply put based on years of walking through kind of what I was saying earlier, just going through, um, Mm -hmm. hard times to, to see the goodness of God in our lives. And FaceTime, lots of FaceTime, lots of phone calls. <laughs> lots we of love phone. a good FaceTime. Communication yeah. is so key. Oh yeah, you definitely. know, and but yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it was. I I work for a, a PR firm here in town, public relations, marketing. So I have yeah. a pretty nine to five kind of standard hour job. Yeah. Um. So when we first got married, it was really tough because you know I used to have roommates and there was always somebody <laughs> home, and then I'm in our house. And he's gone and I, I would get really fearful and Mm -hmm. just, I mean, I would, I would have like crazy, scary thoughts of just, you know, worst case scenarios that you Mm -hmm. think of when you're home alone. (laughs) Um, but the Lord has really like brought me out of fear and, um, it's not, it's not a really an issue anymore. Um, yeah. you know, we've, I've learned to like appreciate my, my time alone whenever he's gone. It's like, okay, yeah, we got this. I'm going to watch my shows. I'm going to catch up with my, my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, but of, of course I treasure the time when he's home. So COVID, you know, this year, I, I think so many marriages have been tested. Mm-hmm. No doubt. We know several, uh, several people that have, had to walk through some stuff, you know, and I do not say this in like a, a arrogant manner, but like, it's been a really sweet time for us, um, because Neiman's never home this much. So definitely at the beginning of it, I was, I, we had to get used to like being together in the house all the time. Like anybody had to, but oh my goodness. And now I'm just like, Oh, I want you home all the time. It's been so sweet for sure. Yeah. So what about your personalities? So how are you all different and how do you make it work when you all aren't exactly similar? Yeah. Um, So I don't know. Are you familiar with the Enneagram? Yes. Okay. I don't know if your listeners are familiar, so I won't go too into it, but I'm an Enneagram six and Neiman is an Enneagram seven. So we're right next to each other other on the the diagram we have a lot of similarities Mm -hmm. but we are very different um in a lot of areas as well (laughs) i think it's a good balance i'm um i'm very responsible very Mm -hmm. trustworthy organized loyal person you know just yeah 100 (laughs) percent. and neiman is very fun and outgoing and the life of the party Mm mm-hmm not to say that I don't also have responsibility. Oh, absolutely. I didn't mean it like that. But, <laughs> but yeah. I would 
I feel like I would be in utter shambles without her. Um, <laughs> no, honestly, it is a... Um, God knew exactly what he was doing when he put us together because for for things that we disagree on, honestly, or we don't see eye to eye or anything like that, it's it's really been a beautiful thing to watch kind of God work on my heart, mm-hmm. work on her heart. And it's like when you come into an agreement, when you come into marriage, mm-hmm. you are one flesh, right? Yeah. And so I cannot do anything without, have you know, that is not going to have a reaction on her. And so in those things that she sees completely different. So if I'm a seven, right. And I'm like, Oh, this is great. We're going to be awesome. Let's let's take this risk. Let's jump. Let's maybe invest, you know, that stresses her out. Mm -hmm. And so I've come to learn how, you know, it's not necessarily about what you say, but how you say it. Mm -hmm. And I think timing, you know, Talk to Holy Spirit before you bring up the grandest plan that you feel is in your heart to <laughs> your good. wife. You know, yeah, if good. you have this huge revelation that you feel God has given you to take on Africa, and don't go to your wife and say, babe, we're moving to Africa. You know, say, Holy Spirit, how do I direct it? How do I talk to my wife about this? Mm-hmm. And honestly, it has come down to where, you know, this little word called compromise that it's so difficult sometimes, but you come into an agreement with one another. And I'm like, um, it's been really beautiful to watch just our communication over the years. Cause it wasn't easy. Yeah. You know, I would feel, uh-huh. you know, I'd come up with this idea or something and go to Rach and be like, Hey, isn't this the best thing that you've ever heard? And she's <laughs> like, well, no, there's <laughs> really you know, this, this. And I would feel attacked. I'd feel like, Oh, well, you're just picking my dreams apart. Well, you're not for me. You know, and mm-hmm. that's that's just a lie. Oh, it was yeah. more and that's so. That's how the enemy sneaks in. Exactly. Too, and puts you up against each other. Exactly. Yeah. So learning how each other's uh, how each other um, think and process information mm-hmm. uh, has been a game changer. And the enneagram is a, a beautiful thing. It is. Yeah. 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 People aren't. If anybody that listens is not familiar with it. I highly recommend it because oh, yes. it has been such a great tool in our marriage. Yeah. I mean, like the Lord is first, obviously, but like. Enneagram has been great for processing and just understanding the motives of why people mm-hmm. make the decisions that they do. So I'm able to learn like, okay, Neiman as an Enneagram seven, he's a big dreamer. He has amazing ideas and things that he wants to do. And for me, I could easily be like, okay, well, here's 10 reasons why that won't work. <laughs> but then he feels like I'm shooting, like they, I'm just shooting down his dream. So I have to come with them of like, okay, he's just, he's having this moment. He's having this revelation. Like, I'm just going to encourage it. And you know what? If it's something he really wants to happen, then we'll talk through it and mm-hmm. talk through all the steps. But I'm not going to like shoot down the moment that he's having. That's good. No, I'm glad you all mentioned that you like felt attacked because I feel mm-hmm. like we've all been there. Like just because someone's not like us and doesn't understand and delivery might not be the best. We're like, oh my gosh, they're not for me. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the first instinct, mm-hmm. but it's really cool that, you know, God can teach us how to yeah, an enneagram and different yeah. things that are offered to be able to teach us that. But mm-hmm. so I know you all are married now. Yeah. But we have a lot of people listening that are in the single stage. Yep. I mean, I'm in the single stage right yep. now, and I want people to be able to relate no matter what season they're in. So I, Neiman and Rachel and I talked a little bit before, and they said they were it was fine if we go into a little bit about their single lives mm-hmm. and about kind of what got them to dating each other, and then eventually getting married. So 
what would you all say were great things about your single season? Hmm. I know you all love each other. It feels like it was forever ago. Um, I think just one of the best things about being single is you literally can focus so much on building friendships. Hmm. And the friendships that I formed when I was single are friendships like many of them that I still have today yeah, that's good. because when you get married, it's you, you will make, yeah, you will make new friends. We've made new friends since we've gotten married, but you know, the people that have stood with you through yeah. the hard times mm-hmm. when you were single are the people you still want standing by your side when you get married. Yeah, that's good. So, um, definitely like I love the friendships I formed during that time. Um, and also just, Learning to be a good communicator as best as you can. <laughs> I feel like even when I dated other guys, like I, I grew so much in learning how to communicate what I mm-hmm. what I want, what I didn't want, what yeah. I liked, what I didn't like, mm-hmm. um, which is good to take into marriage because you, yeah, you understand that. Yeah. With your spouse. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, really knowing, finding out who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great time mm-hmm. uh, to figure out uh, who you are to be to become confident in knowing not only who you are in God, but to know whose you are. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like this whole idea of identity um, almost took uh, me and Rachel out from getting married mm-hmm. and the struggles that I had. Uh, my single life was nuts, you know, and I I was by no means walking with the Lord. Um, but I think in that, um, you know, without touching too much into, um, separate topic for a separate time, um, my testimony, but I was grown, I was raised in a Christian home. I was taught the things of God. Um, but I just ran from it. Right. And so in that running, uh, from the call of God on my life, uh, I just did a lot of different things, had a lot of relationships, had a lot of, um, just, things, drugs, and what, what, what have you, that were all based on filling this void of who am I? And so for me, single life was finding out who I was. And, you know, when I met Rach, she was such a rock for me. And oftentimes she was a rock in my, even when we were dating, even when we were engaged. Um, and to be quite honest, even since we've been married, you know, we've walked through seasons where she's been my rock and God hasn't been, mm-hmm. you know, but God is so mm-hmm. kind and, and he's so gentle mm-hmm. in understanding where we've been and where we are. And he also gets where he's bringing us to. Yeah. And so he's so kind in that, that when we start asking, Hey Lord, who am I? Who am I in you? And when we start asking those questions and saying, Lord, I may be struggling with where I'm at, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to start telling you who you are. You are good. You are faithful. When we tell Jesus who he is, he turns right back around and starts telling us who we are. Yeah. And for me, that's when it's shifted. Um, and I'd even say that was when we were married. It's like we don't expect to have your Continuous, life together yeah. when you get married. No. But just be uh, understand that there's always room to grow. Um, but I guess advice I would say to my single self is keep find out who you are you know, in him and who Jesus Mm -hmm. says you are. What do you think were some challenges? Neiman, you've already talked a little bit about this, but Rachel, what do you think were some of the biggest challenges from a girl's perspective of being Mm -hmm. single? Because I think everyone, especially me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to find the one. My life, like you said, my life is only going to be complete 
when I find the one. And it's like, we don't, the promises of God don't start when you meet the man. Right. Right. The promises of God start now. That's good. So how, how did you kind of handle that season? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, definitely there's pressure, you know, there, especially as you have other friends close to you that are in relationships or even getting engaged and, you know, that can be hard. Um, comparison is a trap of the enemy. Mm-hmm. So social media, social media, I will, it has escalated so much. All day. Yeah, it's, I know it has, it's greatness, but goodness, it is definitely, um, definitely a comparison trap. And mm-hmm. I think that is the issue that a lot of women feel when they're single is comparison. And I think it's, it starts with taking your thoughts captive and which is spiritually, you know, biblically what we're to do whenever those comparison thoughts start to creep in, it's saying, Oh, no, I take that thought and I surrender it as obedience to Christ. Mm-hmm. Does it measure up? Is this, is this aligned with the Lord? Yeah. And if it's not, then you say, okay, in Jesus name, no, you have to go get out. Yeah. And, um, Definitely like learning to come out of agreement with comparison, with lies of the, that the enemy speaks over you. Yeah. And it's like Neiman said, it's growing in your identity has to be in the Lord. It has to be first, um, always. <laughs> yeah. Were you going to add something to that? Yeah. I, I, I just feel like, um, really to, to single, um, men and women, it's like, it's easy for us to think that, especially if we've gone through a breakup or, you know, had, um, for me, I had lots of different relationships, um, some healthy, some very unhealthy. And, you know, it's easy for us to look back at those and be like, look how much time I've wasted. Look at, you know, years of my life that I can't get back. Whoa. Now am I gonna have to start over? And when I started thinking about, um, those relationships uh, through a kingdom perspective, they're not actually setbacks, they're setups mm-hmm. for where God is taking you. And you're learning what you don't like, mm-hmm. what you do like, how yeah. you're going to fit. And, and when you do find that person, because, you know, I, um, I just believe God is that ultimate relationship that we ought to have, right? And he puts a premium on relationship with his children. So when you focus more on your relationship with the father, how much more is he going to focus on the relationships that surround you, you know? And I think that was um, a big key for me. Mm -hmm. For sure. And Rachel, you touched on this a little this time, but what were some verses and truths that helped you through your single period? If, if you did. I don't know that even had a lot of biblical verses when he was dating. No judgment. It's okay. We don't judge. We don't judge. Yeah. Well, well, I think, and that's, you probably could share some now that you wish you would have had during your single, you know, when you were single. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, definitely the passage. I think it's in second Corinthians. I want to say chapter 10. I could be totally wrong. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Just of, of taking every thought captive and submitting it as obedience to Christ. Um, is a big one that I still hold on to today, like as I'm married, especially when like there, the enemy wants to creep in between us, you know, if there's, it's, it's all about listening to your thoughts. Like you have to listen to what you're thinking. And then, 
um, from there, you know, it's okay. Is this, does this align with the nature of God? Does this yeah. align with his voice, with Holy Spirit, with the fruits of the spirit? Yeah. And the fruits of the spirit are, is also a big one in Galatians five, reading the fruits of the spirit and, and knowing, okay, does this guy that I like, that I'm into, that I want to date, does he show the fruits of the spirit in his life? Yeah. Does he love joy peace patience what like that just shows the character of a guy right Mm -hmm. like a good godly man and it just helps it's a good assessor for like okay what's his character like what what is his nature like is it like the father's is it is it growing to be like can i at least see that you know he's on the journey he's Mm -hmm. you know the fruits are are being pruned they're growing um is it i think those are some some key ones that i would say yeah. Did you have any others now? Um, I mean, honestly, I I knew the word. Yeah. Yeah. Growing up. Mm-hmm. That's the hard part. This, during yes. my hard seasons, I can relate with that because I did know God. Yeah. And it's like mm-hmm. I grew up in this. So I think for me, what I wish, you know, I had known um, and, you know, I don't live with a sense of regret, um, but if I could have said me now to who I was then, it would have just simply um, realigned my focus with what the heart of God was, Mm -hmm. the father heart of God. Um, There was so much shame and baggage that I carried for years and years and didn't feel that I could open up to it, you know, and not that, you know, there's always a root. And when you see outbursts from people, um, it's never their heart you know i always we always have to look past some of the stuff that people are going through and see the jesus in them to say hmm that's not you you know and i was walking in a way that wasn't me but i had so much pain and so much bitterness and so much unforgiveness Mm -hmm. that there was things coming up and so for me it would have just been hey you can trust the lord he's Mm -hmm. big enough yeah, and I kind of want to touch on something there because I think girls, when they're single, you know, when I was single, it's easy to see the potential in a guy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's easy to say, oh, like, this is the guy he could be. Like, I see Jesus in him. It's there. It's there. Well, I would encourage you to be praying for him. Mm-hmm. You don't have to date him yet, but you can sow seeds and seeds of prayer into his life because. Prayer is the most powerful tool that we have. It's communion directly with the Lord, and we have the power to change God's heart. Mm -hmm. You know, so praying for that person because entering a relationship with the goal to change them or to make them like Jesus, it just it doesn't work. Like it just Mm -hmm. doesn't. Um, But and that is also doesn't mean to say you have to wait till they're this perfect man to because there is no perfect person either. And I feel like Holy Spirit really guides you in that. He will guide you. I feel like you'll guide you. You will have peace. Yeah, exactly. I feel like you get to the point where you're like, okay, this is. I feel a peace. I've always been told to follow peace. Mm -hmm. Follow peace. Yes. God is peace for sure. Amen. All right, so then we'll go ahead and move into what your all's dating lives were like. So, what was it like dating each other? Kind of getting to the marriage point and getting to the point of knowing you were ready to get married. How do you kind of work through that and trust the Lord in that season too? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we dated, I think I said we dated for about three years and we were mostly long distance in our dating. Um, Neiman, and by that it was like a two hour drive, but still, 
you know, it's tough to, mm-hmm. to find times to meet up. And then yeah. when, and he would tour, he'd be gone on the weekends while we were dating as well. So it was hard to like actually find time to go out on dates. We would um, meet each other halfway, like this town that there was like a Cracker Barrel and an O'Charlie's to eat at. There was not a lot of dining Aww. options. <laughs> but those were sweet memories um, of that. And uh, Neiman was walking through a lot of... Um, a lot of stuff in Nashville too, like just some substance abuse and mm-hmm. some addictions that he was battling. Yeah. And it was hard because I, um, at the time, like I was, didn't really live near, I didn't live nearby. So, you know, I didn't fully know what was going on, which I think was actually like the Lord kind of just protecting me from at the time from just, uh, hurt or, um, even like, breaking up with Neiman. Um, and we, whenever we got about two years into dating, you know, we really had the conversation of like, okay, you know, I've never dated anybody this long, neither had he. And we both felt like you're, you're my person, but I really want to be sure. Right. Like I really, I, this is such a big decision. Like I don't want to have any doubts. Yeah. Like this is the rest of your life. Yeah, exactly. So we actually agreed to do a fast together, Mm -hmm. but from each other. Um, yeah. So we went about, what was it? Like a a week week? and we didn't talk and we just decided we were going to pray and seek the Lord about our relationship. Yeah. Every time that we would want to reach out to the other person, we would just say, all right, Lord, like, take that time and spend it with, with yeah. who, you know, what he was saying and listen mm-hmm. to what he was, where he was leading us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it was really sweet because the Lord affirmed to both of us yeah. during that time and like our own ways of like, yeah, this is, this is who I want you to spend the rest of your yeah. life with. Um, and we came back from our fast and we were both like, I feel like we were really excited of just like, I got confirmation and Neiman's like, <laughs> I did too. Um, and we shared that with each other, you know, mm-hmm. just so it was very clear, not like, you know, not that we, we would lie about it, but you just want to make sure there's, you know, okay. Yeah. This is, little, this is the, the just that piece, yeah. that piece that yeah. you have coming out of something like that. And yeah, sorry, babe. No, on. you can interrupt. I feel like I'm talking the most. Oh no, you're good. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, after the fast that, that changed, um, mm-hmm. just the, I guess the trajectory of not if, but when we were going to get married. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, there was a long road before we got to that fast. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of bumps, a lot of mistakes, a lot of um, tough days. You know, um, like she said, I wasn't really sure who I was. Yeah. And how she stayed with me is a miracle. Yeah. Um, we walked through a season of, you know, just in pure vulnerability of, uh, I was unfaithful to her. And when I had to confront her with that and mm-hmm. confess to her about that, yeah. um, for her to look at me and say, if God has had this kind of grace on my life, how can I not look at you and have grace on you? And if that wasn't the single most um, thing in my life, that wrecked me. Uh, it was the first time I had experienced the grace of God as a Christian mm-hmm. that I knew. Like, I, of course, we walk through our life and experience the grace of the Lord, but I don't know if anyone here listening can relate. But I think sometimes we can 
miss out um, on the things of God by because of people, leaders in the church, and not to to paint the whole church bad, but guess what? It's not the church. It's not God. It's just humanity sometimes fails. It's mm-hmm. just inevitable. And I'd walk through um, a, a lot of life not really knowing the depth of God's grace. Yeah. And for Rachel to look at me um, after everything I'd you know, gone through with um, drugs and alcohol and just the gamut that comes along with that and addiction, just mm-hmm. addiction. Um, mm-hmm. It was just a miracle that God kept me. Um, there was a couple times where I should have, um, honestly should be dead. Um, and I remember uh, there was a couple of those moments that God just spoke through her and gave her a piece about us that at the time I was like, I don't know how how this is happening. Like I, I beyond the shadow of a doubt know that I love her, um, but I had no idea who I was. And she, for her to look at me and say, but I know who you are, but I know who God's called you to be. <laughs> I mean, um, she's the best girl I've ever known in my life, the strongest woman I've ever known. Um, but to now, you know, see these years later of um, where God has us and who mm-hmm. he's called us to be and yeah. the people that we are get to minister to. And, yeah. you know, it's just, yeah. Well, and I think it's a, like, it's hopeful for people that feel like they've, you know, they've messed up too much or they've done too much wrong to deserve love, <laughs> love or deserve yes. a relationship. You yeah. know, that is just a lie from the enemy because his, you know, he wants to keep marriage from happening. Yeah. He hates marriage because it's a picture of Christ and his bride, us, the church. So, you know, he will tell the best lies he can to you mm-hmm. to make you think that you don't deserve grace. You don't deserve love. Like, oh, you've, you know, you've cheated or you've slept around or you've, mm-hmm. you know, you're just a partier. You're never going to meet anybody like that is such a lie. And God has someone for you, for you, Macy, for all of your listeners. Like he has the person that is going to be like your fit. It is just going to be, it's going to be like a glove. Like it just fits you so perfectly. And it doesn't mean that marriage is perfect. It's not perfect, but you know, everyone is deserving of love and everyone is deserving of yeah, of, of finding somebody, of having that person, you know, and we have friends that are single all ages. Like, I mean, we have single friends that are, you know, twice our age and they desire so desperately to be married. And I just pray, you know, I'm like, God, you have someone for them. No one is too old. No one is too young. Nobody is too far gone. Like he has somebody I feel like uh, for everybody. No, that's so good. That's so good. So lastly, what were verses and truths that you stood on? So you all have been vulnerable and shared some things that you all had to walk through whenever you were dating. And how did you all get through that? Mm -hmm. And how did the Lord get you through that? Because you can look at him and say, you know, I'm extending you grace. But from that point, how do you Mm -hmm. continue to love? How do you continue to get better and grow with each other? Yeah, I mean... I've got a few. You go first. Oh, okay. Well, you go first. Well... You've got a few. <laughs> no, no, no. You, from the standpoint of grace, you, you talk on that first. Well, I mean, 
I think the biggest thing is you can't hold a grudge. Like you have to be quick to forgive. And this is a lesson even when you get married is you always have to be quick to forgive. And because you expect that too, you yeah. want to, you want to be quickly forgiven when mm-hmm. you mess up. So yes. you have to also be quick to oh, forgive so. the other person. And, um, I think, you know, I could remember times of being just alone in my room with the Lord of like, God, I don't know. Like the, I think I need to break up with them. Like I just like, but just getting alone with the Lord in prayer, mm-hmm. um, versus reacting just out of my emotions, is, that's, um, that's definitely a big, a big key because if you don't have, you know, like you said, the peace of God in the situation and you're just relying on your emotions or the outcome of the situation, then it's just, the relationship's going to be rocky, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think, you know, love keeps no record of wrong. Um, I think it's easy for us to say, well, God forgives us and throws our sins as far as the east is the west but i can forgive but i can't forget (laughs) and i think you've immediately put limitation on your god Mm. by saying that yeah because if we're called to love truly love that means i'm not going to continue to bring up what you did to me right Mm -hmm. back then yeah you know and and i say that from the standpoint of we have to even do that for ourselves. and um, I think for me, is it was a daily grind of saying, Lord, forgive me for what I did to those girls, you know, for, to their hearts, for the, the, the in my sleeping around season of um, coming to grips with some of that pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's tough, you know, that's difficult. Um, and to know that that's um, <laughs> covered by the blood mm-hmm. and that there is no shame. You know, my dad used to say, um, when the Lord throws uh, our sins as far as the east as the west and cast them into a sea of forgetfulness. You know what? He puts up a no fishing sign so the enemy can't go and try and dig <laughs> something up. And it's just stuck with me that. since I was a little kid. Um, but we have a tendency more than anyone else to start going and digging up. Well, I, I just had a bad day. Well, I can't, I can't, possibly be blessed by God or I can't possibly experience true love because I did that. I hurt those people. I There's so much shame that the enemy wants to keep us so much. He knows if he cannot take you out, if he can just keep you in a place of stagnation and starve you, that you'll that can keep you from your potential in God. And so, you know, simply put, um, walk in forgiveness of yourself and uh Mm -hmm. in that way there's so much freedom in that and what god does when you come and say lord i i can't do this on my own i need you he did what he does in our weakness oh man i mean his strength is is pretty much it puts on a show when we take the Mm -hmm. posture of i can't do this on my own help me oh definitely Uh, those are such good answers so from this point how did you all decide when to get engaged? And you were like, okay, like it's, it's God's plan for us to get engaged and eventually married. I, and babe, you can take, take this one too. I, um, 
Because like uh, we said, I mean, you yeah. become one. I mean, no. it's, a, it's a big decision. And I, like I said earlier, I feel like everyone's like, oh my gosh, I have to find the one. And they don't realize that, yes, I'm excited for this wedding, but like there's a marriage that comes after it. And it, it, you know, it takes work and like we have to grow together. You know, it was what, two, three years of dating, right? I'm sorry, a, a lot of drugs. So there, the, some, some of this was a blur <laughs> back then. How many, for how many years did we date? We dated three years. Three years. That's what, yeah. okay. That's what I thought. So up until that mark, I mean, the fast is what really solidified yeah. it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just, that was the tip of the iceberg on healing. Mm-hmm. If, uh, yeah. For me, I think that was, I had come to a place in, in my knowledge of who God is, who I am. There was still a long journey, mm-hmm. you know, there were still many lessons. Um, but I had come to grips with some of the things I had done and who I was and who God said I was Mm -hmm. and that I knew. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the same for me, really the fast, whenever we did that together, I felt like just something unlocked in our spirits and we even, it just felt like we became closer and more spiritually equally yoked then as well. Um, not that we, well, when we weren't really the whole time we dated, but, um, but you know, it just, that was like, okay, yep, I'm ready. At at that point I was like, and it was pretty quick saving for a ring. Yeah, It it was, was, I mean, it was like nine months after that because you saved up for a ring and we got, we, um, Oh, that that flew for me. Yeah. Oh yeah. That flew by for you. And I'm like, Oh, we did this fast. When is he going to propose? But you know, broke musician. (laughs) Broke musician life. <laughs> he had to save money. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't think nine months was that short. Yeah. <laughs> so what would you say have been the best things about marriage? And would you recommend marriage? Because a lot of people aren't about marriage now because they feel like you lose your freedom and your identity. Oh, yeah. Goodness. Absolutely. Sure. I, marriage is the best thing that's happened to to me. And same. I think Neiman would say the same. Yeah, same. same. Um, the best things about marriage are, well, having a partner that is just like your greatest cheerleader with you all the time, um, supporting you and having someone that pushes you to be more like Christ. Um, that should be mutual. That shouldn't be just the woman with the guy, just the guy with the girl you know, it should be a mutual thing where you guys are both on this trajectory together. And, you know, the days that I'm down, Neiman lifts me up. And the days that he's down, I lift him up. And um, we just, I mean, we also have a lot of fun together. We, <laughs> like, we enjoy each other's company too. So we're, we're the type of people where we are so good at just laying on the couch together and just binge watching a show and making cookies. Yeah. Oh yeah. We keep you... each other entertained for sure. We do. Yeah. And and it just comes down to it. It's there is so much trust and there's a I mean she's my best friend, you know. Mm-hmm. And there were, that speaks to how many years that we were actually friends before we um started mm-hmm. like dating you know i mean there was a period of time before we were friends before she would Mm -hmm. go with it you know what i mean like and um and that just grew in our dating and all the way still today it's 
still my best friend, you yes. know. Yes. Although it is very important when you're married to still maintain best friends that are not your spouse. A hundred percent. believer in that. Yeah, that's you need good, to yeah. grow your relationships outside of your marriage. You yes. can't get married yeah. and then be a recluse with Guys just your need, husband. Guys need your boys yes. and girls. You need other women in your yeah. life that are going to speak life into you. That's and what I was saying about like when I was single. It's like those friendships are so important because yeah. you're mm-hmm. always going to need them even when you're married. 100%. Yeah, Definitely. Definitely. So what would you say, so we talked about challenging areas in single dating. What are some, have been some challenging areas in your marriage Mm -hmm. and how was marriage different than you expected? Mm. Yeah. Um, Challenging areas. (laughs) Loading the dishwasher. uh, Yeah. All of the like house chores. (laughs) Yes. Um, You know, I think it's learning like Things that you may not like in the person that aren't, it's not a sin. It's not like as a result of sin. It's just things that (laughs) drive each other crazy that may be pet peeves or stuff like that. Like I'm a very timely, punctual person and Neiman is not. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, (laughs) but I have to really learn to like be practice patience. That's always going to be a fruit of the spirit. Everybody has to work on and grow is patience. And um, knowing... Yeah, like uh, admitting when you're wrong quickly. Like we're always, I feel like for the most part, we're quick to quick to say we were quick to say sorry. Like always, just be quick to to say that you're wrong and be quick to extend forgiveness. It's not worth it. Yeah, it's not. It's not worth it. Like if we have an argument, and I go upstairs and you know Neiman's downstairs. It's maybe like five minutes until one of us is like. I'm yeah. sorry. I love you. You know, this was dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And to keep working at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, always know that you haven't made it. There's still room to grow. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as a perfect marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is such thing as a godly marriage. Mm-hmm. And how do we operate in that? Well, it's a daily thing that you just have to say, I got to put God first and not my, my flesh. I got to walk in this opposite spirit that... Um, goes against, you know, maybe when my flesh says storm off or get mad or yell, um, I have to say, well, am I perfect at that? No, absolutely not. (laughs) Um, But it's that daily striving of, Lord, I just want to be more like you. Mm -hmm. I want to lead my house Mm -hmm. like you want me to lead my house. I want to honor Rachel how you want me to honor her. And it's when you, I think it's for men, when you start praying, um, how you can honor uh, a woman. Um, I think that changes everything. To all my single dudes, um, if you are walking through, like you like a girl or your relationship, you know, our culture right now says that sleeping around is all good, that it's fine or whatever. Um, you got to feel feel it out before you put a ring on it. And, you know, quite frankly, it's that's just a lie from the enemy mm-hmm. um, because what you will do by honoring that woman's heart and it will it's easy to have sex with a, a woman before marriage it's mm-hmm. easy to lead into into a relationship with that at the forefront yeah but when it's tougher to say i want to honor your heart because i care about your intimacy with the father and i care about my intimacy with the father mm-hmm. and you get the wonderful opportunity of something that i believe is so important in our culture and our society today that is, how do we empower, love, and honor the women 
in this country? How do we do that? And men, single men, have the wonderful opportunity of, of doing that and changing the narrative of, oh, let's have sex before marriage. No, that's easy, guys. That's easy. Just take that off the table. Say, no, I want to I want to push this woman to who God says she is. Well, if it's easy, easy it's not going to be worth it. Exactly. I feel like no one wants to work it's for so anything anymore. It's so much more difficult yeah. to gain trust, to gain intimacy through a heavenly perspective, you know? And so anyway, I don't, that just kind of came to me. So I just, you know, want to <laughs> speak that out there. Well, since we're on that, Rachel, what would you say on how women can honor the men in their lives? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, there's so much we need to do. I keep going back to prayer because that is the most important thing we can do for the men in our lives is to start there. Start by hmm. praying for them every day. And, um, yeah, I mean, men need to be empowered too, you yeah. know, like they're, we have sort of this like anti-men culture right now and, you mm-hmm. know, but feminism is not anti-man, you know, at the, at the center of it. If you want to claim that it's not, it is empowering women, but we can still empower men Yeah, and yeah, we need to good. be empowered. Well, God created men. us both. Exactly. Yeah. He created yeah. us both and equally in yeah. his image. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that just to kind of circle back around, mm-hmm. um, that that doesn't stop when you get married mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. I think, how can I honor? How can I empower? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the yeah, goal. How can I encourage him? Yeah. You know, how can, and you learn, I mean, the, the man that you're with, you, you learn how they need affirmation. Like we all know the love five love languages, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, um, learning how, okay, Neiman needs affirmation, like words of affirmation. And that doesn't come naturally for me. So I have to like practice doing that um, because that that makes him feel loved. And And taking time to know that. Yeah, exactly. Recognize that. Exactly. Like taking time to discover that with them and being intentional about how you can do it to them. Even if you don't feel like they're doing it to you some days, like being the bigger person. And dudes, it's okay even if you feel like you're right, even if everything in your body says you are right, you are right, stay firm in your decisions, stay firm in your, what your (laughs) stance is, sit down and maybe just try this, but just say, I'm sorry. You know, like when I started releasing control that, I mean, my, Growing up, my, my dad had several sayings that stuck with me for a long time. But one of them was, the issue is not the issue. The issue is control. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, the issue isn't necessarily what we're arguing over. The issue is just, you, me, I don't want to release control of the situation. Or I want to be or, right. Or I want to be right. I want to prove it. Yes. Yeah. And that is not the heart of God. Mm-hmm. And... It is better for us, even if you feel like you're right. God can do more on your significant other's heart um, or just on people in general that that you can do in trying to explain your point further. Mm-hmm. So take that stance of humility and say, I'm sorry. Because it's better to go to bed not mm-hmm. at odds with each other. Never let the sun go down angry. You know, yeah. That's really good. How has God's word and truth helped you grow a healthy marriage. So I know that you had to lean on the Lord's word before you got married, but how has it really grown you all together? It's everything. Yeah. 
It is. I, that that question is. It's it really is the the blueprint for yeah. marriage. You yeah. know, it, it's all mapped out in there, like how to live, how to forgive, how to love, how to show grace. You know, how to put the other person before yourself. And why? Yeah, and mm-hmm. and with that, why I say it's everything, is because when we have a financial strain come up against us, that you know, her being a six, she automatically goes into worry, 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 or got to figure this Worst out. Case scenario. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, for me, I'm I'm thinking, okay, we're good. Glass half full. Well, we've got this. And you know what? God's got this and we're going to be fine. You know, how do you merge those two or how do you, you know, bring those two things together? And and, and if we just went off our Enneagram number or if we yeah. just went off <laughs> our natural set, well, I'm going to just promote positivity, good vibes, good vibes in the situation, y'all, we would fail. <laughs> we would just absolutely fail. And I would probably be dead by now because she would have knocked me out. Um, no, but honestly, it when I say the word is everything, it's because when I don't have words to say, when she doesn't have the words to say, and marriage will get you to the place to where not even your greatest rationale can can conquer what you're facing. That's when you have to sit down. And I, I've literally sat over in, in our den and face down with my head on the Bible. Lord, you have to come through. You have to do it again. You have to give us clarity. Help me. Help me. Mm-hmm. Just pray these prayers. And when everything else falls by the wayside, I mean, how we had got this home is nothing short of a miracle how God yeah. just rolled it out in, in yeah. the way that he did it. Yeah. And praying together is really important oh, for yes. us as well. Um, Craig Groeschel, he's pastor at mm-hmm. um, Life Church. and Yes, love him. Um, yeah, yeah, he's awesome. Him. And he has a quote that we love yeah. um, that he talks about praying with his wife and basically to, to pray every day if you can. And he says, um, if you miss a day, don't miss two. So don't try not to miss like two days in a row of, of praying together. And that's a great practice to start when you're dating with someone too, of praying praying for Mm -hmm. each other, praying over each other. We We started, started we started doing that when we were dating. Um, And we, I fully mm -hmm. believe that some of those prayers are the reason that we, got through a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff that we went through and didn't even realize it. Yeah. You know, sure. cause he's working when you don't see it. Exactly. And things that he gives you revelation that he gives you and prayers that you pray right now may not be for what you're currently going through. It may be mm-hmm. for something down the stretch that, you know, you may not be feeling anything. And so you think, Oh, well, I don't need to pray. Well, guess what? Prayer, God's word does not return void. Mm-hmm. Prayer goes forth and it's in a realm in a supernatural realm where it goes out and it's not held by by our physical minds can't can't comprehend it and what you're praying for that breakthrough or that season of um, favor or that man that you're praying for may not go you know in the in the time frame that you want it to go into mm-hmm. but it's being released into mm-hmm. um, you know the the supernatural and just going forward and it never yeah. returns forward I mean yeah pray for your pray for your future spouse hundred percent. When you're single. For sure. Pray for him. For sure. Okay, so this is not written down, but I feel like Holy Spirit is leading me to ask this. So how has God been the realist in your marriage? Whether that be a moment, maybe he made himself real, or maybe a testimony or a season that he brought you all through. Like, And you were like, that that had to have been God. There's no other way. Mm. Yeah, I know. There's, I feel like there's a lot of little moments, um, but I do think of our house. Yeah. 
um, that we're in right now recording this. Um, so whenever we first got married, uh, we were engaged and getting married in a few months. We mm-hmm. had a the plan of, okay, we're going to rent an apartment in Nashville our first year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then we'll figure out if we're going to buy a house because it felt very daunting. Hmm. So, um, yeah, at the time I had just moved to Nashville. This is two, about two or three months before we got married. And, um, we, yeah, we started looking for apartments, but then somebody advised to us that, Oh, you guys should buy a house. And I'm like, "Mm, we're paying for a wedding. Number one, we have no money saved for a down payment on a house. Like we, we can't, sorry. (laughs) But we had a good friend who's a realtor and she was kind and, and just like, oh, let me just show you some places. So um, we we looked around and we we looked at the house actually right next door to ours and um, just we didn't like it. And we were on the way out and the, the owners of our house now, the owners at the time were on their way out and like, well, we're going to put our house on the market Um tomorrow do you just like want to come in and look at it and we're like well okay so we walked in here and we loved it and oh like, it's beautiful oh my goodness thank I love you it. i've been telling them the whole time uh, i was here I'm it's a great them. like starter home for us for sure but um we were like okay well we still i don't know how we're gonna afford it but you know we're gonna try so um we we had applied for some down payment assistance program to try to get like a loan or a grant for a down payment. And we made I'm pretty sure like $700 over the income limit yeah. to be able yeah. to get the, yeah. the loan. Yeah. So we're like, well, okay. Oh, well, all right. You know, I guess we're, I guess we'll just rent. And Neiman the whole time is very much like, I really just feel like God's leading us to buy a house. And I'm like, yeah. babe, like we have no, we don't, how, like we don't have any money to put down on a house, all extra money, all my savings is in our wedding happening in about two months. So yeah. do you want to jump? You're yeah. wanting to jump in. Okay, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so basically we've jumped through all these hoops. We've had green light, green light, green light, green light. And then we have our first red light. Well, I'm not the type to just allow a red light to hold me up. You and know? that's that's like literally too. You're very terrible at running like yellow lights on yes, the verge of red. That yes, too. Um, it's very bad. <laughs> but yes, absolutely. Um, but so I was just like, nah, nah, it's not. That's not going to happen. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the way of the Lord. Mm-hmm. He's led us to this, and we're taking it in Jesus' name. Yeah, I was very very up upfront about it, and. <laughs> Yeah, so we get to closing day, push back. Clo- you know, it was just one hoop after another. And then we get down to the last closing day. It's not looking good. Um, and I just said, you know, my parents are saying, Nee, it's okay. Just rent for a year. Y'all just rent for a year. It'll be fine. Rachel said, I'm done with it. I'm done praying the prayer. Um, <laughs> I am. I, we, we just need a rent. Because keep in mind, we've got a wedding happening. And... Um, I just said, okay, let me give it, let me have the night and let me pray on it. And so I remember going for a walk and just praying. And I told the Lord, God, if you can get it down to, you know, $3,000, um, I can do that. I can come up with that. Yeah. We were going to have to come up with 10 grand yeah. to put down. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I said, if you can come, if you can bring it down to $3,000, I said, I can do that. You can make that work. So. Um, <laughs> and you know, I just said, but in Jesus name. Amen. I'm releasing it. Mm-hmm. And um, because this is his home. 
that you're allowing us to have. And so, oh, yeah, that's anyway, good. we're stewards of everything. Yeah, exactly. And so I woke up that next morning to phone calls from my realtor and the bank. And long story short, the realtor came down off her closing costs, the, um, or off her costs, the her commission. commission. And um, the but, bank came down 3%. And um, I think the sellers, the sellers came, came down, down some like, as well. Everybody basically was like, we want you to have this home. Yeah, to get it down to $3,000. Mm -hmm. You're kidding. And so we closed on our house, and that's where we yeah. are today. So here we are. So And, it, and in, this, in hindsight, I'm like, well, yeah. my goodness, why don't I just say cover the whole thing? But, you know, like, <laughs> God is so faithful. And he is. He is. Just good. so good. He's always He's been good. faithful for us. But there's been yeah. many many of these God-sized moments um, mm -hmm. for us, but that that's a, that's a good one. That takes that's the a, cake. Yeah. All right, well, for our final question, so Neiman, what has been some of the best qualities about Rachel? Yeah. And to all the men listening, you talked about how the men can honor the women, mm -hmm. but what kind of women should they be interested in? Hmm. Interesting. What are qualities that attracted yeah, you about yeah, Rachel? Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, um, okay. I know that's a I loaded question. It, so. it, it so is, and I'm here for it. Um, you can start with what you like about me. Yeah, I think what <laughs> yes, I of course. like the most um, about Rach is, um, number one, her love for the Lord. Um, she loves her, her Jesus more than she loves me, and that is the best. Um, she knows who she is. Um, the way she carries herself with such class and grace in any situation, any scenario, um, is just astounding. She pushes me to want to know God more. She loves me fearfully, and um, just with like a just serve like the servant's heart of like I know Rach could whip me and knock me out, and has this strong, powerful woman sense about her. Like y'all, she could run. A company she could do anything she wanted to like this is she's the strongest woman I know mm -hmm. but the way she serves others the way she serves me and I'm and what, you know some of you're like oh my goodness what do you mean serves a man no it, hear me out it's the way she puts on Jesus in our marriage oh my gosh it just pushes me to want to be better pushes me every day to want to know God more because I want to be a good steward of who he's given me in my life. I want to honor her. And how do I do that? By, yeah. by choosing to seek the Lord. And so that's that's the biggest thing. And I mean, she's dropped dead gorgeous. So um, freaking runway model. <laughs> she's like, here. oh my gosh. I know, <laughs> it's I know. To feel awkward. I know, but <laughs> Thank you. take it. You're sweet. Take I, it. I you. So I love that. Guys, what would I say to single dudes? Who, what to look for? Uh, look for a woman who knows who she is. Um, to me, and I think every man is different, obviously, mm -hmm. but there's something about a confidence in uh, women that um, how do you know if this is the right woman for you? How do you, you know, what I would say is when you're running hard after the things of God, when you're running the race that God has called you on and um, you are not perfect, you might be still figuring some things out, but you know, I'm I'm running. I'm running this race. Mm -hmm. When you find yourself at a dead sprint, when you look to the right or to the left, look who's beside you. And this goes for all relationships. Mm -hmm. 
um, but especially those who you want to grow in intimacy with and potentially marriage and all of this stuff. It's like, you know, those heart connection relationships. Look to the side and see if they're running with you. Mm-hmm. Because if out at your dead sprint ahead, you've got people next to you, you'll know they can they can stay with you. You'll know that'll tell you that they're not going to because if they're a few strides behind you, what that can start to do is start to wear on you, and you'll start to feel like, oh, I'm just drag. I feel like I'm just the friend that's always just dragging friends along, that's always being the encourager, that's always doing this. And guess what? Sometimes we have to be that. That's okay. Mm-hmm. But one thing that is really cool, when you start to look at someone that you think, I want to marry this person, or I want to start dating this person, if they're running at the same trajectory that you're running, you've, you can skip so many <laughs> arguments, so many wonder, oh, God, is this the right person? Because when you look, like when I knew Rachel was the one, I was like dead sprint. Mm-hmm. And guess what? She was right there. And um, yeah. I think that's uh, and 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 you can also know this: they're running hard after the call of God on their life. Yeah. So they're not looking at you like, "Oh, look, I'm fast too." No, it's <laughs> I'm I'm running after the Lord. Oh, you're with me. You're with me. Okay, boom. Mm-hmm. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. I think that's a great explanation. Rachel. <laughs> yes. So, what are your favorite qualities about Neiman? And then, what would you say to women, what kind of man should they be looking for? Okay. Well, um, my favorite qualities about Neiman are similar qualities he favors in me of, of his heart for the Lord, number one, mm-hmm. but also his heart for people. He is, um, he's got a big heart. He loves people so well. Strange, like his love, even for just a stranger is always, he's, it's just such a reflection of Jesus. Um, whether it's, you know, a homeless person or like just somebody we just met, he makes them feel like they're important and they're valued and they are, and they need to know that. And he Mm -hmm. does that so well. Um, and he, I mean, he has an amazing personality as well. He's very fun loving. Everybody that knows Neiman loves him or if they don't, then they have issues. Um, I'm just kidding, but, but you're wrong you know, if you don't like me. But he's he's just such a friendly, a friendly person. Which I I mean I I am as well. So it's like you know, I, we we go to church and we're we're some of the last people to leave because we just want to keep talking and fellowshipping. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Neiman is just always like just an amazing friend and, and a great communicator. Um, and then I love watching him lead others. He's a natural leader. Mm-hmm. Um, but he leads from humility and from like a, a servant's heart. Mm-hmm. In other words, like he's, he doesn't lead, uh, from wanting to be at the center needs, need attention. He leads because he genuinely cares about the people that are around him. Um, so those are a few of the qualities. <laughs> We're awkward guys. How Sorry. Sweet. Um, and definitely, you know, the, the type of man that you should, you should desire is, is similar. It's, it's a man that will push you to be more like Christ that will yeah. lead you in and guide you in your relationship with the father. Mm-hmm. It should be, um, 
a man that respects you, a man that never pressures you to do anything at all that you are not comfortable with, Mm -hmm. that actually encourages you to speak up. And, um, yeah, he should, he should just make you feel so special. I mean, you should, you should have the butterfly feelings, you know, Mm -hmm. you should have like, Oh wow. I feel so, I feel so special. I feel so loved, you know, mm-hmm. cause that's really, I mean, I, you know, again, going back to just God, like being at the center of everything, but that's how he wants us to feel. That's how he wants to make his kids feel. It's just mm-hmm. special and loved. And, you know, you should desire a man that'll make you feel that way as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, when I was praying a couple of days ago, the Holy Spirit told me that I needed to to find a couple that would represent him well and you all were put on my heart and I want to thank you all so much for thank allowing you. me to interview you and you. offering all of your wisdom and advice that you've the Lord's revealed and you've learned along the way but thank you all so much for allowing me to come down to Nashville and let me meet Cooper it's been yes. so fun as Cooper's their dog Cooper is our little wiener dog he's been yes. laying on my lap He's the best. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. <laughs> thank Thanks, Daisy. Thank you for listening to this episode of Forward with Faith podcast. Neiman and Rachel are great. Oh, I enjoyed it so much. But I really hope that you all got something out of this and really have started to learn, just like I'm learning, how to view your relationships through a godly lens. My name is Macy Kaiser, and I am the host of Forward with Faith podcast and the founder of Macy K Ministries. If you're interested in getting involved or learning more, feel free to visit my website at MacyKaiser.com or follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or join my Facebook group at Macy K Ministries. Thank you all so much for listening and for the support. I love you all, and so does the Lord.